Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. And as I started creating content, I found that I was getting the most questions in my inbox about how they could make more sales in their business and how they could create content on Instagram the way that I was doing. And so that shaped what then launched my coaching calls and then what then launched my courses. So I think for those listening, it's very important for you to start with a list of what you know how to do and don't fluff it. If you don't know how to do it, don't write it down because it's going to be very hard to build a business out of something that you can't do because it'll already be inauthentic. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business, So you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazón. So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back to another episode of Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is your host, Janice, and you're listening to episode 99, How Ellie Flipped Her Stimmy and Built a Seven-Figure Business, with Eliza Diop of Ellie Talks Money. Ellie is a business coach based in LA. She has extensive experience in sales, management, and leadership development. And in July of 2020, amidst a job loss and divorce, Ellie started her business out of necessity. By providing resources to start an online business and earning money online, 
She has empowered thousands of women and has grown her Instagram following from less than 500 people to over 100,000 in seven months. In 10 months, after starting her business with $1,200 of stimulus money, she has made $1.3 million and counting. Ellie is passionate about teaching other women and moms how to start their businesses and scale them to seven figures and beyond. In this episode, we're going to talk about the different ways you can monetize your social media, what she did to grow her Instagram following to over 100,000 people in seven months, how to create value for your audience, how she makes money online, how to leverage your corporate experience to start a business, and much more. So don't change the channel. You don't want to miss this episode. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Ellie, welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you here. I'm so excited too. I'm really, really excited about this. Thanks so much. Yeah. So let's start off with an intro. Who are you? Tell us, who is this woman we're speaking to today? Oh my goodness. Well, hey, everyone that's <laughs> listening. My name is Ellie. I am a business coach based in Los Angeles, California. I'm a mom. I teach people how to start their businesses and I teach them about business credit, grants, and just overall how they can take whatever situation they're currently in and really start a business. I started mine with very little money. So I'm very passionate about teaching from the ground. Entrepreneurship is what I call it because you really can turn around your situation. You don't need a whole lot of money in order to start a business from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. So I found you on Instagram and I'm very inspired by your story. You definitely are like sharing and dropping all the gems around like how we can start up these businesses with not a lot of money. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people have this misconception, like the same with investing, like, yeah, I got to have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank if I want to start a business. Like, no, it's a lie y'all. So let's talk about first your story You are actually one of these people who flipped the stimmy. Okay. So I saw a lot of that on Twitter. I'm like, yo, flip a stimmy, create a million dollar business. I'm like, okay, but you actually were able to do it. So tell us kind of your backstory into how you got into this entrepreneurship scene. Yeah. So you know what? I always say I stumbled into entrepreneurship. I always knew when I was younger that I wanted to own my own business, but I went to a liberal arts college. So that wasn't really in alignment. I majored in African-American studies and politics. So I thought I was going to go the public policy route, but then I ended up with a job in finance. So my first job was at American Express. And then after that, I got a job at this corporation selling life insurance. So that's when I had my big, I guess, corporate job. I was director of sales there. 
And so I've had a life insurance license forever, but being in that role really showed me the other side of business. So not only what it means to be an employee, but it was a startup. When I came in, we had 10 employees. And by the time the company ended, my staff was around 140 people. So I learned just a lot in that time. But as great as that job was, and as much as I loved it, and as much as I was making, I got laid off. The whole company did. I mean, it was one of those cases where the company won't take a loss. And so they loved us so much, but we had to go. And I was like, oh my God. And it was at that moment where I realized like I let too much of myself rely on this job. And because it was six figures a year and I was so good at it and I had a great relationship with my boss, I never though built outside of the job. So I almost became an entrepreneur because I had no other choice. I applied to 53 jobs after I got laid off and none of them accepted me. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Can you believe it? 53. And finally, after about 54, I was like, all right, maybe it's time for me to not keep applying and work on myself, start my business, take my knowledge to the internet and become a coach. Amazing. Okay. So let's not gloss over the fact that you are a mom You're a single mom. And so I'm sure the pressure to like provide is super real. So how did you feel during that time? Did you feel like you had gotten this education? You had built up this career for nothing. What goes through your mind when you're trying to figure out what the best approach is to making shit happen? All these things happen at once. So I got laid off from my job. Then I gave birth to twins Then a few months later, I separated from my husband. Then the divorce was finalized. So it was like this like catapult of things happening. And then we had the pandemic. It was like, oh my God, really? You can't even plan for that. You know, like what else could possibly go down? Just so many life changes happen in a six to eight month span when the pandemic was happening. And when I saw that I needed to be homeschooling, but I also needed to find a way to make money. I had to just really face myself and look at, am I going to stay in this situation? Am I going to constantly have to choose between being available to be a parent and not having any money? I was just, I couldn't do it anymore. I realized that I was afraid to start my business, but I was more afraid of what my life would look like if I didn't start my business. Mm. I was more afraid of what my kids would be or see or think two to three years from now, if we were still living at grandma's house, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's no shade to people who live with their parents, because I was very proud to live with my mom. But I had to really be afraid of what would happen to my life if I didn't step into my fear and start the business when I did. So when those checks came, I saw it as an opportunity to use some free money, quote unquote, to just try something I had always been afraid to do. And I just started creating content on Instagram. Amazing. Okay, so let's dive into your approach for starting your business, right? A lot of people can get way too caught up in their heads about like what they're actually good at. And what you're good at is typically a good place to start when you're thinking about the foundation of your business. So what did you identify as like your skills that you could then envision turning into a business? I love that you asked that. And it's so true. A lot of the time we overthink what we're good at, or we don't fully give ourselves credit for what we're good at. 
And so I think for me, I wrote down just what I had learned working at my old job, working in business, what I learned about marketing, what I learned about sales. I knew a lot about finance just simply from working at American Express and being a life insurance broker. So I said, okay, I know I could teach people how to manage their money. I know I could teach people about life insurance. I know I could teach people how to make more sales. I know I could teach people a little bit about marketing. So then it made sense to me to take that and just begin creating content on those areas on Instagram and really see what people gravitated to the most. That was a part of my market research is, okay, are people going to want to come to me more for life insurance tips? Are they going to want to come to me more for stocks? Are they going to want to come to me more for business help? Or are they going to want to come to me more for sales? And as I started creating content, I found that I was getting the most questions in my inbox about how they could make more sales in their business and how they could create content on Instagram the way that I was doing. And so that shaped what then launched my coaching calls and then what then launched my courses. So I think for those listening, it's very important for you to start with a list of what you know how to do and don't fluff it. If you don't know how to do it, don't write it down because it's going to be very hard to build a business out of something that you can't do because it'll already be inauthentic. So only write down what you know how to do, what you could confidently show someone or do for someone, and then put yourself out there because you'll only know what the market is demanding from you if they already see what you have to offer. And then that can help you narrow or refine exactly what your product or service is. Yeah, that's excellent advice. And so I assume that you decided to use the social media platforms in order to have a very low startup cost, right? Because this shit is free. So (laughs) then it's just, (laughs) right. It's a matter of then finding your ideal audience, having an offer that people feel is valuable enough to invest in. And so you started from the bottom up. I'm curious, when you got your stimulus money, what were your investments? Like what made sense to you to start investing to then take the business to the next level? Yeah. So I probably used maybe half, I think a little less than half on the business. So what I did get was a ring light. I did pay for a couple domains for my business. So I have Ellie Talks Money. I have my name, Ellie Zaravella and a couple others. I did pay for like GoDaddy. You have to set up the website and email. I did pay for Shopify. I did pay for Canva Pro. I did pay someone on Fiverr to just like help me do some back end stuff on my website. And then I upgraded my phone. So I made a down payment. I think it was like $150. So not a whole lot, but I knew I was going to need a ring light to look better on camera when I was going to record. I had learned from YouTube that I would use Canva to actually create the content. I wanted to have a web presence. I did mine myself because I didn't want to pay $500 to someone. So that took a long time, girl, doing my website. Ooh, I would not wish that on anyone. (laughs) And yeah, I took that. And to me, I said, okay, if I'm going to make this investment, I'm not going to just let this ring light go to waste. I'm not just going to be charged the $39 or $29 a month for Shopify and not use it for anything. Even though I didn't have any sales or anything, at least I knew I could send people somewhere. So one of the first things I did after those initial investments is I made a free PDF teaching people how to go make money doing focus groups. 
And so that free guide was my lead magnet. So I would just post and direct people to something free because I didn't want to start selling right away because I only had like 200 followers. And I was like, these people are going to side eye me if I'm like, hey, come pay me $20 or whatever. I think for the whole first maybe month or two, it was just get my free PDF, get my free PDF. And then that helped to build up trust, I think, and authenticity. And then I launched a little paid product. Okay. So let's talk about that. How did you make your first dollars in your business? What was your approach? And how did you approach the sales and marketing aspect, right? Because everybody gets stressed out about like asking people for money. But guess what, y'all? If you're going to start a business, that's part of it. (laughs) Right. It's about money. So I, and everyone has their own approach, but from working in like the corporate side, we used to run TV commercials to get our clients, to get our leads. And something I learned then is that there has to be some sort of exchange of value. For someone to want to give you money, they need to feel like they're getting something from you, right? So they need to feel like they're getting their problem solved. They need to get a little bit of a free something. So we would say on our commercials, like, oh, when you give us a call, you'll automatically get our free, like, I forgot, I think it was a life insurance guide or something. But that got a lot of people to call. So I mimicked that same model in my business, like, okay, I'm going to start off with free things. And even my first five coaching calls were free. And I did that to get testimonials, make sure my methods worked, right? Because they can work in your head, but when you test them on real people, you know, it's like, right. I had to really see. So made sure they worked and yeah, wanted to have successful beta clients who could then really market for me. So I think a really important thing when you first decide you're going to sell your product or service is you need to kind of get like a few ambassadors. And these can just be people who are naturally going to say, yeah, I worked with her and it was awesome. Even if they just comment on the bottom of your post on Instagram, it goes a long way, right? It's that social proof aspect. So when you focus your time, even if it means you're not making any money, like I wasn't for the first three months, you're building up social proof that will pay you later. So that's really key is to start off with something free, start off with giving more value necessarily than you receive. And then what ended up happening is after I offered those first few coaching calls, I reached back out to those same people and said, hey, I'm glad that this is working out. I've taken what we've talked about and more and put it into a course. I'd like to offer it to you first at a discount. And those became my first sales. $20 each, my little first $100 on Instagram. That's amazing. So not a lot to some people, but exciting because it let me know that that method could work. And now I just needed to figure out a way to replicate it. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. So it totally makes sense. And that framework is uh, super powerful, right? Because like the whole obstacle, I think, in the beginning of starting a business is getting that validation that what you have created has some sort of monetary value, right? And if we don't just literally put ourselves out there sometimes for free, we don't know what will resonate with people. We don't know what will connect with people. And then we don't know like what that million dollar idea is going to be. So 
obviously now that you're running a million dollar business, I can imagine you're not doing like one-on-one coaching the way that you would when you're first starting out because there is this need to scale, right? So that you can free up the time for the business, be more strategic. So what did that scaling process look like for you? Yeah. So honestly, that is so true. I had to transition away from one-on-ones and then more into passive knowledge products. And that's my courses. I used to do like three to four one-on-one calls a day. It was a lot. But then I realized it was perhaps limiting the amount of people I could really reach. So I invested the time in recording courses that took what I would tell someone on a one-on-one call or a series of them. And instead, it's in a two, three-hour course module. And what you said too about landing on that million-dollar idea by just serving first, that is how I developed my course on business credit and grants, which has ended up being the best-selling course that I offer because in my, you know, just one-on-one calls, giving free volume, I made a post one day and it was just like, hey guys, I wanted to let you know that my business credit score went up. If you're not building your business credit, like here's a few ways you can start. Honestly, no intention of anything. Just let me just make a post about business credit because I don't know what content to post today. And it got so many DMs, so many questions. And that was like, ding, ding, ding. Here's the next product, you know? Yeah. Um, And so I think a lot of the time, many business owners and those of you who are listening, you have to come from, again, just a place of service. And then you will find, oh, wow, that's the one I need to land on. And that ended up becoming really what took my business completely to the next level. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. 
Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. That is such an important point because I think a lot of us can let ego get in the way when we're starting a business. Like we think we know what's best for our clients, our customers, but like, y'all, they will tell you what they want from you. So listen to it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? They tell you what they want and all you have to do is give it to them. That's business. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. That is such like a major hack, but I think a lot of people feel like it has to be way more complicated than that. And like, no, it, I'm sorry. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> I know. And it's like, I get it because before I had the even guts to start my business, I think when I was looking at business, it was like, oh, wow, everybody could do that, but not me. Like, how do they do this? How do they do that? But then once you're actually in it and you're taking it day by day, and that's important too. just take it day by day. So much of the time we're thinking about, OK, well, what about six months from now? But you can't think about that because when I first started, I had no idea four months later I was going to be creating a course about business credit. None. No idea. But it happened because I focused on serving every single day. So every single day, what does my audience need to know on that day? Yeah. You just have to be present and then that's when you'll find out what they need. And then you package it up and you sell it to them. Mm -hmm. And so you're doing pure organic marketing, right? Like you go on Instagram, you go on live, you're like, look, y'all, this is what I got for you. Like you're not paying for Facebook ads, none of that. Why has that been your approach? It's kind of funny. I honestly would love to run a Facebook ad girl, but I don't know how. And Yo, I don't think anybody knows how. <laughs> You gotta hire professionals yeah, for this shit. Like, Facebook, if somebody could just call me and give me a tip, <laughs> I would love to run an ad, but I have no idea how. And then I think when I tried to one time, not even with this business, but just in the past, I tried to start a little drop shipping store. They disabled me. I don't think they like what I did. So <laughs> I thought, well, this there's is so many rules. I almost had no choice but to grow organically, and I think that's why I also went so hard. Because I knew I couldn't use ads. There was a certain point where I couldn't even make my account a business account. It was just a straight personal account. So I knew I had to post three to five times a day. I knew I had to reply to all my DMs and comments because that was the only way that I felt like I could get seen in the algorithm. And then going live has really been a key strategy, I think, in elevating my business because I'm able to have that interaction with my audience. A lot of people don't want to commit to or just can't or don't like it, commit to going live every day. But I know that going live every day for me since about February is it creates a relatability. I think it creates more trust. And I've had people say in the live or after that they've been watching for a while and wanted to buy, but they just wanted to like hear it from me. And it converts so many more of my customers than if I were to just only post. So I think depending on everyone's business model, just think about ways that you can increase some of that 
FaceTime, so to speak, with your audience. Maybe it's not live. Maybe you just do a free Zoom call once every two weeks or something. But I think in this social media era, sometimes that face interaction is missing. And when I started bringing that, it was different. Yeah. And I think that makes a lot of sense, right? Because you're right. You can sort of feel disconnected from your audience if they're just interacting through posts with you, but they don't actually see like the person behind the brand. So the whole purpose of going on lives and like video content is to really cement your place as an expert in what you're talking about, right? Like there's no substitute. There's no post that you're going to make that's going to substitute for the stuff coming out of your mouth that's telling people like, look, this is why you should work with me. And so I think that's also why a lot of people are starting podcasts. They're doing YouTube channels. They're doing live. They're giving like themselves a platform to then be able to say, you know what? This is why you should listen to me because like, I know what I'm talking about, right? And so one of the things that I love about you and your content is that you are really like giving us all the hacks when it comes to starting businesses on the cheap. And so you mentioned that you have a course on business credit. And I would just love to touch a little bit on why that's something that you feel like people should take into account as far as like to start up a business and how easy is it to leverage business credit? Because I feel like it sounds like it should be super complicated and like you got to have a ton of money, but is that not the case? Yeah, it's really not the case. And I started building my own business credit even before Instagram world because I had really bad personal credit for a while, just making bad decisions in college and just trifling, basically. (laughs) Needed to get it together. So as I was rebuilding my personal credit, I'm like, there must be some other way I can leverage the fact that I'm starting a business and build business credit. And you really are able to start, even if you have bad personal credit, even if your business hasn't made a lot of money yet, you can get started with some, I call them tier one trade lines. So these are going to be companies like Uline. These are going to be companies like Crown Office Supplies, Shirtsy. There are even more being developed. And when you place orders with these places, they'll give you sometimes 30 to 60 days to pay them back. And you making that payment immediately builds your business credit. What's so good about business credit is that you can build it so much faster than personal credit. Because personal credit takes into consideration so many other things that are more personal to you, business credit is simply business. It is simply business. You are establishing the fact that your business can make payments on time. You're establishing the fact that your business is not going to use all of its credit limits. So some of the same factors that go into personal credit, but they're only about your business. So you're really able to separate whatever mistakes you might've made with your personal credit. You have the opportunity to start with a clean slate with business credit. And then as you continue to build up your score and pay off your tier one, tier two, tier three trade lines, as I teach in the course, that's going to give you an opportunity to leverage with a business line of credit then you can move on to getting business loans, business auto loans, hard money loans. I mean, there's just a whole other side of money that is specifically geared towards business owners. So even though I teach ways that you can start your business without a lot of money out of your pocket, eventually everyone has to scale. And that's our goal. Your goal is to get to the point where you need to scale. And so business credit can be there so that you don't have to dip into your own profits, but you can instead leverage other people. 
Yeah. And business credit tends to be much cheaper, right? Than like a personal line of credit. Yes, much cheaper, better rates most of the time, usually higher approvals because in the banking world and lending world, giving money to a person is seen as a higher risk than giving money to a business because people have issues, people have things that can come up that might cause them to not make their payments. But a business, they're going to be simply looking at what do you sell? What's the model? What's the price point? It's very calculated, right? Personal people, we have emotions. Businesses, it's like, okay, it's just a numbers thing. So it's honestly advantageous to get money in your business name rather than in your personal name. Mm -hmm. So you also talk about business grants, right? So can you talk a little bit about what the benefit of those are? And maybe as women of color who are entrepreneurs, are there specific grants for us that we should be looking at that are not available to everybody? Yes, definitely. So as a woman, there are so many women own business grants. The Amber Grant is one that comes immediately to the top of my mind. There are so many others. There's the Eileen Fisher Grant, which is really good. And then also as minority women, so Black women, Hispanic, Native American, Asian, whatever falls into that minority category, even veterans as well. When you all register your business with the MBDA, so that's the Minority Business Development Agency, there's actually one of those in every single state. So that will point you in the direction of grants and just overall business development support that is geared towards minority and women-owned businesses. That's really key. And then as well, through grants.gov or through the whole government entity, There are grants that are specifically geared towards women and minority-owned businesses, and that's money that's only set aside for our category. So it's really important for us to open ourselves up to that, and that's why I give my students, you know, just a list of grants that they can go through and apply for, because that's free money. Yeah. Free money simply for being who you are and deciding to start a business despite the obstacles that women and minority women specifically face. So there's money out there for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's super important to know, y'all. That's like untapped resources that are there waiting for you. And (laughs) when when those grant monies don't get used, they get sent back to mm. the federal government. And it's like, uh-uh, we, we're not having that. Yeah. Give us all the You're paying your taxes. You better take that money. You better take that money. So definitely search for women-owned brands or minority-owned brands, minority-owned business brands in your state, mm-hmm. in your city. There are so many out there. You just have to kind of do a little research and you'll find them. Yeah. Ellie, so I'm curious, what are some of the mental blocks or the limiting beliefs that you had to get past in order for you to achieve this success in your business, right? Because a lot of us can be our own worst critics, our own worst enemies when it comes to doing this stuff. That is a whole fact. And I'm so glad <laughs> you asked that because these are things I still face, especially being the first entrepreneur in my immediate family. So between mom, dad, uncles, aunties. And then the first one to reach this monetary level of success, it's scary. I found myself almost like hoarding, not hoarding, but just not wanting to spend barely any of my business profits because of this fear that it would go away. Because of this fear that what if all of a sudden this doesn't work anymore? What if all of a sudden nobody wants to buy from me? Maybe I need to just keep this money 
and just never, ever use this so that I could pass it down to my kids. We think that because we've never seen anyone do it, that if we do it, it must just be like luck or it's not. It's a fluke. (laughs) I mean, and I know so much about investing. I'm so passionate about it, but I was even stopping myself from investing anything because I just thought I had to see it in my bank account. And these are still struggles I go through. Like I'll know it's a wise investment to go get another Airbnb, but it'll take me weeks to commit because of the fact that it's going to decrease the bank balance. And it's such a hard thing, but I recognize that it's just an unlearning that I have to do. It's just a pattern that has probably been passed down through the family I grew up with a single mom. Both my parents did the best that they could, but it was certainly a struggle. So I recognize I just have to unlearn the pattern of fear that money is going to just disappear and trust that investing works, real estate works, creating multiple streams of income works, and just teach myself what my parents couldn't really teach me to no fault of their own. So I think that's probably definitely the biggest mental block is just the fear that all of a sudden the money will just, I don't know, evaporate into thin air. And then just feeling like, can I sustain? Because of the fact that I am the first entrepreneur and maybe so many of you all listening are the first who even want to go on this journey, you can feel very alone. And sometimes I felt very alone because my parents can give me advice on some things, but they don't know anything about business. Yeah, They can't tell me, okay, should I do this? What about this marketing tactic? What product should I develop next? You know, that's not their area. So a lot of the time I've had to make the decision myself or expand my network. So start collaborating with other people, asking other people, what do you think about this? How is this working for you? And that as well is very humbling because sometimes it's hard for us to ask for help. But I had to recognize that since I couldn't really get it from the people in my life that I love, I had to put on my networking hat and DM people and say, hey, I think what you're doing is amazing. Do you have any words of advice? And don't be afraid to do that because you will stay on an island and it's very hard to become very successful all by yourself. It's very hard. Mm. Yeah. That's such an important part of getting past your own shit is having people who will inspire you and keep you motivated in this journey that a lot of us are taking for the first time. And I can definitely resonate with what you were talking about and like this idea that you're convincing yourself that it's going to dry up, like everything's just going to go to waste. Like I just quit my job a couple weeks ago. And so like, those were the first thoughts, right? Those were the first thoughts that it's like, yes, I've been this successful, but there's no way that I can continue to do this. And it's just a daily unlearning, like you said, it is a daily conversation that you have to tell yourself, like, girl, look at the facts, look at the data. There's nothing to support this unfounded bullshit that you're telling yourself. Like, just calm down and keep doing what you're doing. No, that's not that, girl. And I love the fact that you said, look at the facts, look at the data, because that's important. We have to, in business, you really have to separate your emotions and just look at the numbers, because really numbers don't lie. Everybody else does. (laughs) the numbers don't lie and make it very calculated. Okay. If I know if I do this, this, and this and price my products at this, this, and this, I will make this, this, and this. Right. And then it's just like, it's no emotions. You just know this is what will happen. And so that's 
a daily thing I have to tell myself, like, girl, stop tripping. <laughs> to do is sell X, Y, and Z this many times to hit this number. And you just make yeah. it a numbers thing. And then eventually, the more you keep training your mind that way, all those thoughts will subside. It just takes time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious if you have any sort of money mantra or some sort of manifestation thing you tell yourself when you're trying to just get in the zone. I do. So what I tell myself every day is, number one, I wake up and say, I can do this. I am capable. Mm -hmm. I am successful. All the money I desire to make is already there and it's waiting for me. I'm just going to pick it up. (laughs) I love it. I'm just going to pick it up. You know, we have to tell ourselves that money comes to us easily and that I always believe what I'm seeking is also seeking me. So the success I want, the money, the love, the friendships, the travel, whatever, as much as I am seeking it, it's also making this way to find me. And so I just tell myself that when it's a really bad day, I just remember that I'm going to pick it up. It's just waiting for Mm. me at the corner and I'm going to go get it. (laughs) (laughs) Ellie, I love this conversation. I love everything that you're doing. For folks who love this conversation, want to find out more about you and work with you, where's the best place for us to find you? Yes. So you all, please come and find me at Ellie Talks Money on all platforms. You can also go to EllieTalksMoney.com, drop me an email. We will definitely get back to you and help you find the best product for you, help you start that business, help you scale it. And just thank you so much again. This was so fun. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina, the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start. That's YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa.
On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.